0: The Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies. These guys have got you covered. You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three, it On 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Fire! Fire!
1: 97.5 and 12 into the zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. We have uh, some jazz news, and uh, then we'll jump right into top three stories at kslsports.com, which the jazz will be included in that, I suppose. But uh, Sarah Todd reporting Rudy Gobert did not participate in shoot-around this morning with the jazz non-COVID-related illness. Yeah. And then she also adds, good news is that
2: Hassan Whiteside did take part oh, in good. shoot-around. So that's probably a sign that uh, you'll have at least one seven-footer on the floor tonight to go up against... Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, or no, excuse me, uh, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Sorry, back-to-back. Back. Uh, yes, going up against Nikola Jokic. And actually, I like some of the things that uh, that Whiteside was able to do. They only played in the first half. You remember Jokic got hurt and left there, uh, right. the Jasmine right. earlier this year. Over the Nuggets, but I do think, even though it says he only weighs seven pounds more, the st- structure of the bodies... The difference between Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gobert, I do think, allows a guy like Whiteside to get a little bit more leverage on the ball against some of these guys physically. That's what Coach Chiesa always talks yeah, about. The High little, hips. Correct. He's
1: got the lower hips.
2: Yes. So it allows him to get underneath yeah. a guy like Jokic, who Jokic can, can push Gobert around quite a bit.
1: Just don't mess with the Jokic brothers.
2: What yeah. if they'll be there? Do they still have a Twitter account? No, they deleted it. They Did they really? got it exclusively to threaten, was it Jimmy Butler? No, I thought it was one of the Morris brothers. It was the Morris brothers. You're right. You're right. They got in a fight with the Morris brothers and then deleted it after everyone recognized. Okay, that's uh, they're serious. Yeah, so that's we're a, gonna that's back a off.
1: legitimate threat. <laughs> 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 All right, top three stories of KSLSports.com. Let's get to it, uh, Megan. Number one
0: tonight, the Utah Jazz faced the Denver Nuggets in Denver.
1: The Denver Nuggets uh, tonight, Ben, and this is uh, a team that uh, had high hopes, obviously, for the season, and uh, thanks to a bunch of injuries, are are just not going to get there. Um, And Nikola Jokic is, is certainly still great. He just does not have a whole lot around him.
2: Nope he doesn't and uh, they've been fine this year they're going to end up making the playoffs they're probably going to be a 6 or a 7 seed because they're better than the Lakers because you know Jokic really is that type of a player during the regular season he's such a you know he's a legit MVP candidate every year now but yeah they are just not healthy enough to be all that talented they do not have Jamal Murray they do not have Michael Porter Jr they've got some young players that have some talent but yeah they just do not have the horses this season to be the team that they have been in the past and even then you know I mean I guess they didn't have Jamal Murray last year but they did have Aaron Gordon and they did have Porter Jr., and they got swept by the Suns. So they've got some serious questions, too, even when they are healthy, what they're going to be able to do in the postseason. Because their one playoff run they're basing everything off of was what happened in Orlando. And I think the further we're getting away from Orlando, the less we're buying into what those results were and how realistic those were. So I do think we're going to we're, we're going to look back at that as kind of an interesting wrinkle in NBA history but looking at the Denver Nuggets tonight this is going to be a tough game they can very much beat the jazz they have one of the worst benches in the NBA but, Jake, we've talked about the injury report for the Jazz. You were mentioning Hassan Whiteside might be able to go tonight. Rudy Gobert potentially might not because he didn't go through shoot-around with an illness. But Joe Ingles is out because he's in the health and safety protocols. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. Boyan Bogdanovich is questionable with a left finger sprain. Royce O'Neal is questionable with uh, right patellar tendonitis. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, as we mentioned, was going through concussion protocol, was back today. Yudoka azabuki has been updated to questionable. I can't imagine we'd ever see him on the floor. And then both Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson are listed as probable.
1: I never bought the Nuggets. I never, I never have. And in Orlando, when the whole league decides they agree, I think they did this in a secret meeting, Ben. And they said, you know what? We're Nobody's playing defense Call it anymore. off.
2: Call <laughs> off this end there, of the
1: floor. There's no, you know how we play during the All-Star game? That's how we're playing now. No more defense. Are we surprised that the Nuggets had a run? Because that that absolutely is their flaw.
2: It really felt like the bubble. Your the outcome, winning or losing, was about this. It was going to bring you the same level of enjoyment. If you won, great. You got to potentially compete for a finals. If you lost, congratulations. You got to go see your family. Get to leave. You get to leave this bubble that you'd been in for three months. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll go home if we lose Game Six. I'm good with that. But I can go see my kids? Yeah, <laughs> go see my wife or my girlfriend or my parents, you know, middle of a pandemic? Okay. Maybe I know how I want this uh, how this game to turn out.
1: All right, let me run this by you. And okay. comparing Rudy and Nikola Jokic, which they will always be compared because they're centers. Rudy is way better at defense than Nikola Jokic. We yes. can all agree. Yeah. Like not even close. Rudy is better at offense. Then Nikola Jokic
2: is at defense. Correct. No question about it. But so how do you hammer out the value there? Because offense, i told you, I think is 70% to defense, 30% in important. the NBA. So if you're much better at offense and okay at defense, since he's not great, but he's not, he's not Memo Kerr Carlos Boozer, and because he's seven feet tall, like, he still gets big blocks and game-winning blocks and is a hard body to score around when you're in the paint. He's not great, but he's not so bad. Uh, that you can't play him on the floor because offense is more important than defense in the NBA and he's brilliant offensively. He's more valuable. Now let me
1: ask you this. Is offense really more important than defense in the NBA or is offense what we
2: pay attention to? I do think it's more important. Like, would you rather have a team of 15 guys who can score or 15 guys who can play defense and can't score?
1: Yeah, but that's extreme. Correct. What made the Golden State Warriors? Great. Great. Was it because they were so good right, offensively, they're... or was it because they had a defensive scheme that nobody could figure out?
2: But did they have a good defensive scheme because they were so dangerous offensively? No. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I... I, I, that, that's I think not that, it. I think it was. No way! Yeah, I think it was.
1: The the all switchy before everybody was doing that, and Draymond Green guarding the big so you could go small before anybody was doing that?
2: Yes. No, Yeah, man, I still think it was because they were blowing every team stop out in the third it. quarter. I do think it was coming out because they were hitting three why, threes in the why? third quarter on back-to-back-to-back possessions, And it went from a four-point game to an 11-point game. And it was still at the point in the league where we were like, 11 points? That's insurmountable. Why has Mike D'Antoni never won anything? <laughs> no, for sure. There are, I mean, so neither is Tom Thibodeau. And is a brilliant defensive mind. You know, knows how to yeah. get guys to play hard, and he's got a good some defensive other reasons. Team. Sure. So does Mike D'Antoni. You know, he's got some. See, Is Tom Thibodeau a good coach, or does he play his best players the whole game? No, he's like a great See, defensive coach. He really is. He's a great defensive-minded coach. He knows how to do it. He knows how to get his guys to play that way. But he and yeah, he's such a bad offensive coach. His solution is let's play our best offensive players forty-two minutes a game. Like that's how bad he is offensively, but he really is a great defensive coach because he can get guys like Julius Randle to come in and buy in, you know, and put them in spots to succeed. He does it well. I still am buying the NBA as sixty five to seventy percent offense. I
1: don't know if I'm coming that far, but maybe that's me. Maybe I'm stuck in a different time. Shaq,
2: good defenser, good defensive player? No. Big but, man, you couldn't stop him. in
1: the pick and roll. But you Definitely.
2: certainly couldn't stop him at all. It's it's the reason the Jazz swept the Lakers yeah. in the playoffs. And then he in won the Western championships In the Western later.
1: Conference Finals. Yeah.
2: And then he was unstoppable two years later. Because you put a couple of guys around him that know how to do a few things right. And then he's the best offensive player in the league and you can't stop him.
1: Yeah, but when you have perimeter defenders like the Lakers had at the, uh, Kobe Bryant,
2: then who cares if Shaq knows how to defend? And you know what? I like Kobe the offensive player more than I like Kobe the defensive player. Kobe
1: the defensive player is super underrated.
2: Super sure. underrated. Sure. He never stopped any team from scoring 81 points in a game, but he did score 81 points in a game by himself one time. See, Ben, this is why it takes sophistication to appreciate this game. It's the nuance. It's the nuance. No, you know what? It's the nuance. Don't give me a watch that tells the wrong time, but you know how it works. Give me a watch and tell me tell me what time it is. That's his job. Your job is to put the ball in the hole. As great as all these other reasons are, and yes, we can deep dive on defense, and, and I, I trust me. I believe it. I I love defense. I like good defensive players. I know how good and valuable Rudy Gobert is. If he scored 30 points a game, the Jazz would be a better team than they are right now. Who's the best one-way player of all time? Like, Isaiah Thomas? He guarded. Did he? You don't think Isaiah guarded? Like, Joe Dumars really guarded. Yeah. Bill Lambeer really guarded. John Sally, Dennis Rodman. Like, they had a bunch of really good defensive players, but he was a shrimp. You know He's a tiny little guy I don't think he was A great defensive player I could be wrong on that Honestly it was I before think the, my time I think
1: the answer Is Steph Curry And I think the reason Steph Curry okay. will never Be yeah. the best player of all time Is because he's a one way guy Dirk
2: Steph Like those guys yeah, Are both in that but conversation But they're not the best ever Steph's better than Dirk Yeah but Steph's the second best Point guard ever Like it's Magic And then it's Steph it's pretty elite company He's a top ten player Arguably And didn't play A lick of defense Can't You know so yeah Probably Steph That's fine I'll take Steph. I'm not worried about. I'm not nitpicking Steph's defense at this point. No,
1: he's a one-way guy. I, yeah. I think. I think he's probably the answer. But I think the reason that he's not going to be in the same conversation as LeBron James and Michael Jordan is because he doesn't guard. Sure, he's also not six foot six or taller. But he can score
2: every bit as well as either of those two players. Right? Maybe better. Number two, Megan. You want us to get to number two? Okay.
0: Number two, Joe Ingles enters NBA's health and safety protocol.
1: See, I would have rather argue about defense this whole segment. Yeah, that's boring. Because this is, I, I, it stinks talking about the COVID coronavirus. Well, there's,
2: we can we and, can add, add more the, into this
1: as well. And the Jazz are are finally being affected by
2: it. Okay, uh, then let's not talk about Joe. Let's talk about that the Jazz traded Miona yesterday. No, we no we could
1: we could talk about it. I just don't enjoy it. I mean, it's it's very much it's very much relevant. I mean, the Jazz are going to be without Joe Ingles tonight. I mean, he certainly contributes on the roster, and it's a huge story whether it spreads or not and how far. Because we've seen these other teams where all of a sudden they're without five, six, seven guys, and teams are having to scramble to sign players and things like that. It's very much relevant. I just hate talking
2: about it. You hope it's not the case, and you hope it's you know. But Mike Budenholzer just entered safety protocols. Like if the players get it, the coaches get it. Like, that's the problem. Like, everyone on the team ends up getting it. You get passed around. You've been around each other. Players from the Pelicans had it. Players who did Minnesota Timberwolves a couple of weeks ago had Uh, it. Denver has two guys. Right. You're just around guys. And so you hope it doesn't spread. And, you know, Joe Ingles is the first. And there aren't a whole lot of examples uh, looking at teams where one guy gets it and nobody else gets it. Yep. You know, so it seems a little bit inevitable. And they also start testing for it when you've been around these guys a little bit more diligently. So maybe that's why we end up seeing more tests getting – uh, popping up for these teams that do have a positive uh, player put put on the COVID protocol. But it'll, it'll be worth watching for the Jazz. And, you know, it's going to get dicey here over the next little bit. And we always knew that was going to be the case as they started playing all these extra road games. Uh, but but it's going to be tough. And then the Jazz traded Mieoni, which we talked about. And this morning they signed Daniel House. So they are already going through this this process of trying to rebuild the roster on the fly to make sure they can stay competitive.
1: And I think they will. Correct. Everybody else is dealing with it, too. We're dealing with all sorts of things. I mean, look at the injury list for Denver. They have two guys. Uh, they have two guys that are out because of health and safety protocols, uh, including Monty Morris. Yeah. But you look at the rest of their, they've got, let's see, uh, seven total guys on their injury list. So that's five additional to the two people on the health and safety protocols, including uh, Michael Porter, who's out for the season, and Jamal Murray. We don't know when he's going to return.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nuggets did lose their last game. They lost to the Dallas Mavericks 103-89. to They couldn't handle Luka. So it's not like they've been a great team, even when they've been you know getting a couple of guys back from their health and safety protocols. They still haven't been a terrific team. So the Jazz should have a chance tonight, and the Jazz play very good on the road. It'll be a lot different if they don't have Rudy Gobert out there, which we mentioned is a possibility. Uh, But without Joe Ingles, it'll be curious to see how the Jazz start playing these different players. Does Jared Butler get a chance? Do they go with Trent, or they continue to go with Trent Forrest as as kind of their their ideal opportunity. One of the things that's interesting about signing Daniel House, which was the news this morning, if you missed it, who's played in Houston, has been in the league for four or five years now, so he's he's a guy, he's an NBA player, um, is that Quinn Snyder has said, you know, we're prepared for this, we've put in our work, we know what we're going to go, we know what we're going to do, or at least we have an idea of some contingency plans in case guys start you know heading into the NBA covid protocol which he had said is a matter of when and not if like the jazz have clearly been talking about the names g league players free agents and it's it's interesting that as soon as joe goes in the next day they have a player almost like they had maybe even reached out to his agent and said like hold off for a little bit be available when we need you because there actually might be a long term opportunity here for you uh, i'd be curious if that ended up being the case with a guy like daniel house who could have signed with other teams and is better than a lot of the g league guys who are signing right now may have chosen to wait
1: Okay, so if the Jazz have a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, et cetera, what letter would it be to tell Thurl to hop over the table and, get, and suit D. up? suit
2: After D. Wade, they asked okay, D. Wade right. first, so that's, right? That's like, We're that's going like, in-house. That's like N? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Thurl would be like, what, Q? Yeah, he's late. He's,
2: he's late? He's gray. I like that he's grown it out, though. He looks good. He does look I think good. He looks really good with the, with the gray. Imagine Coach Snyder. I, I learned this. Maybe I've talked about it. Mike Dunleavy Sr., who we remember as a coach yeah. a long time, and of course, we remember his son, Dunleavy Jr. The Blazers Jr. and the Clippers, yeah. But Mike Dunleavy Sr. was a coach for the Milwaukee Bucks, and in like 1989, he suited up in several games. He was an assistant coach, but they're like, we, we need you on the floor, so we need you to go out there and play. So he was a player coach, not awesome. head coach, but an assistant coach who would also step out there and play a couple of games for them when they needed him in a pinch. Awesome. T could do it. I believe in him.
1: Get Lagarza out there. <laughs> All right, number three. Number three.
0: Rose Bowl game pulls in best ratings for non-playoff matchup during postseason.
2: Not a surprise. It's on New Year's Day in the afternoon, and it was a heck of a game. It was a really great game. It was you know as good a bowl game as we've seen so far this season, and hopefully the championship game coming up here in a little bit is uh, is going to be equally good. But no, that was a terrific game. It had all sorts of excitement. It had a lot of scoring, not a lot of defense from either team, but even had some, you know, fun special teams plays, a couple of takeaways. Like it was a it was a very fun game to go back and watch.
0: Or Did you watch to it watch again? in retrospect? I was gonna no, say, not to go, go back go
2: and back watch, and... but going back to it thinking like, yeah, it makes sense why 17 million people were watching this game. It yeah. was it was an incredibly good football game. Had everything. Historic performances,
1: yep. kick returns, defensive plays, offensive plays. I mean, it, it was great. Not a surprise at all uh, that uh, uh, a lot of the country was watching. And in fact, I think I saw yesterday that it peaked out around 19.1 million viewers during yeah. the Rose Bowl. Yeah, It's got to be the most watched University of Utah sporting event ever. No, maybe not sporting event because they were in the, the college basketball finals. Although, what do those draw? Those don't draw no. 19 million people. It's got to be the most watched Utah sporting event in history, right?
2: I would bet it's – yeah, it's got to be. I'd bet it's up there if it's not number one. Million? No, it's a there, ton.
1: There is no non-football-related show on television that drops that draws that many people. Correct. Not Dancing with the Stars, not Dateline. That's no. still a
2: thing. No. No, you're right. The last episode of MASH and then it was like the Utes game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <What's> it <now? laughs> it's crazy. I mean, the amount of people watching – I mean, this is why I – mean, football is king, Ben. This is why, you know – Everybody's worked up about the money in football because everybody pays attention to it, and there's just nothing in our society that draws the attention that football does, college and pro. Uh,
2: Because it's a great event. It's fun to watch. All the games are good. Every game has a storyline. You don't have to know the players either. All the the storylines are fun. Uh, Also, speaking of uh, college football locally, a couple of uh, transfers, a couple of big-name transfers uh, coming to the state. We talked about uh, Cal Grad. Uh, Christopher Brooks enrolled at BYU, a running back, is uh, moving over from Cal to come play at BYU and potentially potentially replace Tyler Algier. But the Utes got a big recruit yesterday. Uh, Mohamed Diabate. Diabate, a former four-star linebacker from Florida, actually found the Utes, realized that they were going to have a vacancy. I think he's a senior, uh, realized they were going to have a vacancy now. Uh, at linebacker because they've got a couple of guys that are gonna go pro and decided to come and play at Utah. So that's a big that's a big transfer as well.
1: All right Ben uh, give me a give me a number four. See if you can mimic our, our voice Number four. Okay, one more time. Number four. Top three sp- stories at kslsports.com dot com as a new sponsor. Oh
2: okay number four.
1: Big thanks to Jay Brooks Jewelers, who will be the new sponsor going forward yeah. of uh, Top Three Stories at KSLSports.com. So from here on out, it's going to be brought to you by Jay Brooks Jewelers. Jay Brooks. Let me ask you this, Ben. Yep. What are, what are your jewelry needs at the moment? What, what what would be your go-to? If the good folks at Jay Brooks came and said, you know what, Ben, go pick out something for yourself real nice. I could use Where a chain. Going? I could use a, a chain. A chain?
2: I don't have a chain. I could see you being chain guy. I don't have a lot of rings on my fingers. I've always... I've never like, I, I, not that I work with my hands. I'm a foolish person. Like I don't work construction, but I've never liked having a ton of things on my, my hands necessarily. But I could potentially do a bracelet. I could do a watch. Like Jay Brooks has watches. Ooh, yeah. I could do a I watch. I need a watch.
1: A watch? I really need a watch. What about like, a, like an eyebrow piercing?
2: I don't think Jay Brooks does that, but they, they, they could hook you up with a nice watch. What about a
1: wallet chain? You think they have one of those at Jay no. Brooks? Like a real nice wallet chain? No
2: such thing as a real nice wallet chain.
1: Okay, wait, 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 no, a good watch, Megan, hey, Megan, Megan, Megan. If Megan. you need a watch, go to Jay Brooks. Megan, what are what are the odds? Or just say yes or no to this question. Ben and has Ben Anderson ever owned and worn a wallet chain?
0: Yes,
2: I'm totally going yes. The answer, no. Never won it. I don't believe I never you. never had one. Never had never a wallet, had a wallet chain. chain. You,
1: Mr. I skateboarded in high school, never had a wallet uh, chain? You need a money to have a
2: wallet chain. No, you didn't. You need money to have a wallet. I, you know, I knew plenty of dudes that didn't have money that <laughs> had a wallet chain. Nope. Never had a wallet chain. Never wore one. I had a studded belt. Okay. Which is basically, which is the belt version of the wallet chain, but never had a wallet chain. Never worn one. I was always like skinny pants guy. I wasn't like the big balloon pants, which was the wallet. The wallet era skateboarder. The wallet chain era skateboarders also had the big baggy pants and the really tiny little wheels on their skateboards, and I never had that. I was a little younger than that. What about Megan, Ben? Megan own a wallet mm. chain. Own or use a wallet chain mm. at any point in her life, yes or no? I'm trying to think of like what her accessory would have been in high school, like what her go to accessory would have been. I bet she had some funny ones. I'm gonna say no, but I bet you had some funny bracelets. I'm gonna say no because I think she's too young. No, she's twenty nine. Right. The, I think wallet chains were gone by okay. then. Okay. Yeah, it's a no. Okay. I mean, she never had Jinkos or anything, right? No. No, you were too young for Jinkos. What about I me? Really missed them. Yeah, you were a wallet chain guy. You were a child of the 90s. You were like an actual kid in the 90s. I was. Yeah. Megan?
0: No, I don't see you with a wallet no, chain. No, you
2: definitely had one. Absolutely not.
0: No, never. Absolutely not.
2: Tomorrow we're all coming to work with wallet chains. I'm going to make us a wallet now, chain now, gang. Let
1: me ask you this: Does it count with a pocket watch? Because that I've worn. You had a pocket.
2: I've watch. had a pocket yeah, watch. I would have guaranteed you had a pocket
1: uh-huh, watch. Uh huh. Yeah. Where you clip the little part of the chain to your button, and then the other goes into your pocket. That I've done. Wallet chain? No.
2: Megan, do you have any weird accessories? No weird accessories. No? I had to wear a uniform in high school. Oh, really? Did you go here? Yes. Oh, okay. I had one in junior high, and my, my parents exempted me out of, uh, out of wearing the uniform. They took me down to the school district to exempt me out, and that was my That set me off on a path of unfixable chaos. See, it now, weird accessories. Irreversible.
1: Weird accessories. I did go through a long choker phase. Really? Yeah. Long. Hemp choker was my thing for a long time. <laughs> that tracks
2: that adds up for sure that makes sense yeah you ever have like a shark tooth necklace you ever necklace yeah a shark i've had a
1: shark tooth necklace <laughs> yeah better believe i
2: have absolutely multiple yeah. in fact yeah yeah I, mean, yeah I believe it i believe the i believe the pocket watch i believe the shark tooth necklace have you had a lot of Billabong and Stussy stuff for a while? Not Stussy. Okay, it was but, pretty
1: anti-Stussy. Okay. But Billy Billabong. Billabong? Bill, yeah. Billabong. Oh, yeah. Okay. Big time.
2: I never had Jinkos, but I had Lee Pipes, which were like the knockoff Jinkos.
1: I didn't like Stussy because it became too... too packed Sun. It became too much of a. Well, you're cool if you wear a it's shirt. It's the supreme like of was, its era. Yeah, yeah Yeah, I was Now is like, oh, oh, it's cool. Or like the uh, the you you guys are too young for this, I'm sure. But the uh, the big dog shirts. Mm-hmm. I remember big Dog. or or the no fear shirts. Yep, I remember those. The dumbest things I've ever seen in my life, but somehow people were like, "I'm cool." I yep. got a no fear. Five seconds left on the clock. I've got the ball. No fear.
2: Correct. That's what they always had sayings. So and and one tried to steal yeah, that. So I mean, lame. Started their mixtape tour. But, but hey, you were cool with your Joker.
1: But honestly, and your you pocket watch. Don't talk trash about Billabong. We're going to have problems. Shirt. We're going to have big problems. Stay tuned. Sam Farnsworth joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.
0: What? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, got it. This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell, bell. Jazz at
1: 30 update here on Jake and Ben on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Here is Brudy Gobert talking about what he and the team have done to avoid COVID.
0: Just keep being smart, you know, keep doing the things, controlling the things that we can control. We don't want to be in a state of fear, you know, at the end of the day, like, we just want to keep getting better, keep playing basketball, keep doing all the things that we can do to reduce the risks. Sometimes you you can, sometimes it's inevitable, sometimes, you know, you can avoid it, but we played in front of thousands of fans every night. We get on planes, we get on buses. Sometimes it's some things that you can avoid, but you can try to reduce the chances, obviously, and that's what we've been doing.
1: This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five star experience. With Five Star Painting, they've got the time, skills, and tools. Fivestarpainting.com. That's Five Star Who's got it
0: better than us? No! One. Sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. <laughs> 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 and and 1280.
1: The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. We were talking about our accessories and fashion when we were young. Our friend Wild Turkey Fart Blunt on Twitter tweets in. He says, "Was your dream job growing up a regional manager at Copper Rivet?" Yeah, Is copper rivet not
2: a thing anymore? It's not. It was the only one that was over at the gateway, right? And it didn't last very long. There was a copper rivet everywhere at one point. Huh, there was, it, was definitely like one in Fashion Place. Yeah, what was the mall when you were a
1: kid? Oh, I was a Cottonwood Mall kid. Okay. Which is gone and has been for some time. R.I.P. I worked at Fashion Place Mall. Oh, did you? Yeah, Sears. Oh, that was the Sears. That was the that. Sears okay. over there in uh, in Fashion Place. Okay. But uh, So copper rivet, no longer a
2: thing. Not, I mean, I googled it. Like, there's a company still, but honestly, the problem is when you scroll down to like the popular products, it's actually copper rivets, like for like building machinery. Oh, actually, copper, copper rivets. Copper rivets. It's no longer the store. Now there is clothing. You can find copper rivet clothing, but it doesn't look like they have brick and mortar stores anymore. Like they don't even have a website, copperrivet.com.
1: Yeah, that, that was uh, that was a thing. I remember the Copper Rivet. I remember I had friends who worked there, but I yeah. I never I don't know, i am yeah. not much of a shopper Ben.
2: Yeah. No, here I don't know what like the store is anymore. I don't know like where you go to buy clothes anymore. Here here was my thing. H&M. This, like there's like but those are like adult. Kids aren't going to H&M, no, are they? Uh-uh. No. Here's what I did as a
1: kid. We went to the beach every year in North Carolina, yep. every single year. That's mm-hmm. where I bought all my clothes. Oh, bring them back with you on vacation. And that's when I went shopping. That's it. Fun. I didn't like the process of shopping. Uh, We're going to talk to Sam Farnsworth coming up here momentarily. What do you think he did?
2: What accessory did Sam have when he was young? Should we have a bet on this? Because Sam's probably your age. Yes. Hard to put money on it. Sam's probably your age, but he was cooler than you were. Probably. But in a different type of cool. He was like a little more mainstream cool. You were a little more like joker cool. I bet you he was rings in high school guy. Hmm. That's my bet. Potentially.
1: Let's ask him about it. Should we ask him about it? You're not going to pick something? I honestly. you got to pick something. Bleach tips. Bleach tips. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get out to the. <laughs> let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Smart Rain state of the uh, Smart Rain state of the art uh, smart irrigation controller helps with first class water management. Visit SmartRain.net to learn how to save thirty to fifty percent off your commercial properties water costs, or call eight seven seven three four six thirty three thirty three. Of course, you see him on uh, KSL Channel Five. He's our friend Sam Farnsworth. What's up, Sam? going on guys alright we have a question for you we we were talking okay. about goofy fashion stuff or accessories that we did in our youth it started with wallet chains I thought Ben
2: would be a wallet like chain Jake guy Jake wore a choker necklace forever so we're trying to figure out what Sam Farnes because you were so much better you've always been way better looking than either of us is the obvious I'm, I'm guessing he was popular yes you were cool so what was your fashion accessory oh, go to in high school
3: oh man um okay so guys i'm telling you it, it wasn't pretty it wasn't always pretty i'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there right now All right. uh so my high school as far as like hair goes yeah i had the part down the middle the hair was a bit longer down to about the bottom of my ears you shave it up underneath a little bit I right kind of that. the yep, kind
0: I of had the
1: that.
3: overgrown bowl cut yep. right um uh, you know braided belts were a thing I think still <laughs> okay. but, yeah I graduated I graduated in 96 uh high school in 1996 so you know we still the braided belt phase was still kind of in there yep right around there Um, I know uh, in junior high we would peg the jeans and roll them a little bit you okay. know uh-huh. um, I- I'm just saying it wasn't pretty I go back and I see stuff and I'm like golly what was I thinking but uh, I I heard Ben when 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 the segment first started say something about bleach tips. I tried it once after high school, and a friend of mine looked at me and I said, "Hey, what do you think?" This this girl that I know, I'm like, "Hey, what do you think? You like it?" She's like, "Yeah, if you, if you want to look like you're 15 again." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." So that was the end of that for me. But uh, yeah, you know, those were my phases. They weren't always pretty, guys. Um, I, I'd like to think at the time it was awesome, but now I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what I had. Uh, the the only real facial hair I've ever grown because I'm a clean-shaven guy, uh-huh. but what do they call that? The flavor the saver. Flavor. I had uh, that I going it. for a while until, <laughs> it, you know what, bless those ladies out there because there was a, a girl I was interested in who was like, you know what, that needs to go. That's and it gone. was like, <laughs> it's gone tonight. <laughs> Overnight, it's it's totally gone. All right. Well, let's let, let's talk a little sports here, uh, Sam. Let's let's start off with uh, the Utah Jazz. Kind of give us your, you know, I guess, overall treetop opinion on on how things are going. Donovan Mitchell, obviously, player of the of the month in December. The Jazz have a, a great record, but still haven't played perfectly. What are you kind of thinking?
3: Well, yeah. The the biggest question for me has been how they're going to match up against uh, teams with you know, above 500 records. And so when, when, they had the, when they had the game against the Warriors, when they lost to the Warriors, I was looking at their, you know, Western Conference record. Their their uh, record against conference opponents, they were tied with the Warriors for the best conference record in the NBA. However, at the time, it was 16-4, and four, and only two of those wins were against teams that currently have a winning record, right? And so I think that's a question that a lot of Jazz fans, probably have is, okay, how do we stack up against other playoff-bound teams or other contenders? And the first sample of that might have been that Warriors game. Now, there's still a long ways to go. There's a lot of things that can happen um, uh, and will happen uh, down the rest of the the road. But uh, th- those are the games that are the important ones now to really get a good gauge, I think, of how good this Jazz team is because they've played well. Donovan's, in my opinion, playing the best basketball of his career, the, the way he's been able to finish at the basket uh, for me has been outstanding. Um, uh, and, you know, obviously he continues to shoot the ball uh, well, for the most part from, from perimeter as well, but the way he's been able to drive and finish at the basket has been outstanding. Um, so gosh, they're kind of in that, in that zone where I almost feel like I don't totally know the identity of this team yet. I love the way that, Donovan and Rudy are playing. I love the way that Rudy Gay has been coming off the bench and Hassan Whiteside. Um, it, it it feels like they've got the right fit to be a contender this year. But until we see it against other contending teams, I, I don't know if I can fully believe yet.
2: Yeah, and I think I don't think you're alone in that because I, I think they were trying to feel out where they were. It'd been early in the season. They were trying to just understand how everyone fit with Whiteside and Gay. And I know they weren't all available when they lost to the Warriors. But I, I do get the feeling that that opened a couple of eyes around the team. because And look, Joe Ingles going into COVID protocol, trading Aoni because his contract was about to be guaranteed before the end of the week. A lot of those things were kind of bound to happen, but it still felt like we started talking more about the team making moves or needing to upgrade the talent on the roster after that Warriors loss. Did that feel like a before and after for you?
3: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, it's you know when the season started. uh, When we talk about the roster, at least you know when the season started. I I was on the I was on the ship of you know don't don't mess with what doesn't need to be fixed. I thought the Jazz were you know they were the number one seed for a reason last year. They just needed to uh, I don't know yeah play play a little better in the playoffs, I guess. But uh, as far as the roster went, I kind of felt like you know we don't need to mess. There doesn't need to be anything messed with. It's not broken. Don't fix it. But as we get further in the season, you know, maybe maybe that is the, the issue. You know, I know there's been a lot of talk about improving that perimeter defense. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been an outstanding defender. He can't do it all, right? Um so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Is is okay? So what? I, it almost feels like there's roster moves that have to be made. What are they going to be? You know, a, a 10-day contract with, with Daniel House isn't the roster move that that we're all waiting for, right? It, it's a, it, you know we'll see what kind of addition that makes for um, in the near term. But what are the Jazz going to do? It, it feels like if they stand pat and and stay put with what they currently have moving forward, that it might be a little bit of a disappointment um, going, you know, deep into the season.
1: What'd you think about the Rose Bowl?
3: Uh, man, that was a great, a great game. Uh, it really was. And being there in person, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've been, um, I don't know if vocal's the right word, social media. So I've, I've posted on social media in the past my, my disappointment a little bit at times with Utah fans not showing up for big games even though it's an announced sellout, I still see plenty of uh, empty seats sometimes up there at Rice Eccles, and and it's disappointing. But then I go to the Rose Bowl. Wow, they they blew they blew me away with their support of their team. Not only during um, uh, my biggest takeaway, it was not only that that they were there, they were loud, and they were dominant as far as um, you, know, you know numbers go compared to Ohio State's fan. But after the game, I'm down there on the field. Uh, with some of my colleagues and coworkers, and you see the tears in the guys' faces. You see the disappointment, the sadness. The you know, it's it's it all ended in such a uh, uh, such a close game, down to the wire, and that's it. Season's over with that loss, and on the one of the biggest stages of college football. And then I look up, and the entire crowd. It, which is mostly Utah fans, are still there in their seats. They're not shuffling to the aisles yet. They're clapping. They're applauding the players. They're singing the fight song with them one more time uh, before before they call it an official close to the season. So I was really impressed with not only the way Utah played, considering you know uh, um, the, they were shorthanded in some, some big areas, but just really impressed with the, the support of their fan base in, in this season. It just feels like um, – They've got a bright future ahead. It feels it feels kind of like Utah is now the the front runner for the Pac-12, almost on a year and year out basis,
2: right? Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask about. You look at you know obviously you're losing Devin Lloyd and Britton Covey, and, and they're losing some major pieces this year. Nick Ford's going to be a big loss for them, but you're going to retool. You're going to bring in some young players, and you're going to go get some transfers. I'm sure that'll come in and play. Plus, you have Cam Rising coming back. You have. Mm-hmm. Two of your three tight ends. And then BYU is going to be really good next year. Yeah, they lose Tyler Algier, but they've got a, good, a bunch of good young pieces coming back as well. What do you think about BYU and Utah coming back next season?
3: I, it, it felt like this year was supposed to be kind of a rebuilding phase for both of the programs to an extent. And yet both of the programs go on to have 10 win seasons and get nationally ranked uh, for a majority of the year and, and you know turn some heads. So if you're a BYU or a Utah fan, I don't see why you shouldn't be optimistic looking ahead to next season thinking, you know what, uh, for Utah fans, you know what, we should be the Pac-12, uh, we should be the South champs again, and we should be in the Pac-12 championship game again. There's no reason why you shouldn't believe that. And for BYU fans, final year of independence, there's no reason why you, you shouldn't believe that this team uh, should compete for another 10-win season and, and be nationally ranked again as they close out their independence era. So it's definitely a bright uh, a bright time for college football in the state of Utah. And then, you know, Utah State, who knows Who knows if they're able to repeat what, what success they had this year, if it was just lightning in a bottle or what. But it's, it's a fun time to be a college football fan in our state. There's no doubt.
1: So this uh, is not really a question, but I did think of you the other day, uh, Sam, when I was uh, reading through the old news and I I saw uh, likely criminal uh, Dick Pound of uh, the International Olympic Committee come out and say that, uh, you know, things are still on for the Olympics, but did not rule out canceling them entirely there in China. And I thought, geez, well, that's not cool to keep Sam up in the air. But imagine (laughs) if you were an athlete. Imagine if you've been prepping your whole life for this. You're like, well, I might be
3: going. Yeah, no kidding. You know what? Nothing would shock me at this point. And I think even if you're an athlete, for sure it would be the most disappointing for them if something were to change up where the Olympics weren't happening or they were postponed because you're preparing your whole life or at least four years to get to this moment, to this point, and you still have to prepare as if it's all going, you know, all systems go. Um, And so if they were to make some last-minute, change or cancellation or postponement it would uh certainly be disappointing for them as for me i i still feel like i'm up in the air we're, we're still waiting to know what our exact departure date is because the uh, nbc is in charge of booking all that for us so i'm just kind of preparing as if uh, we're still going out to cover the olympic games and keep my fingers crossed that it's a successful one
0: well
1: sam thank you as always for jumping on with us, man we always look forward to it
3: Hey, thanks, and uh, don't don't go growing that flavor saber back. All no,
1: right? no, it's gone. I'm trying it's to find right. old photos of
2: you right now it's as we gone. speak, Sam. It's
1: gone. Oh yeah, we got to find old photos of Sam. You got to dig I'll that up. Them up for you. Yeah. The the '90s were a weird time, Sam. I was there too, buddy.
2: <laughs> cool. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend. See you,
1: guys. That's our friend Sam Farnsworth. You can catch him, of course, on KSL Channel 5. And he he is, uh, well, there are several people from Bonneville going over to cover the Olympics, but uh, Sam's going to be over there. And I did think of that when I heard For well, sure. the, the IOC chair won't out, uh, rule out canceling them entirely. Well, what are you doing? I mean, I've only heard a, a few of the hoops that Sam has to jump through to, to go over there and cover it. I can't imagine being in the wind, like doing all that stuff and then being like, Nope,
2: never mind, guys. No. And then again, I maybe mean, even worse, the these athletes. Imagine. That have trained their whole life with one goal. Because again, here's what's so crazy about it, Jake, is like they don't cash in on the Olympics. Nobody really cashes in. Like, if you're a high paid athlete at the Olympics, you're either a gymnast in the summer Olympics, maybe a swimmer. You know, you can get a little bit of money out of it. Michael Phelps did. Katie Ledecky probably made some decent money. But you're not making a lot of money as an Olympic athlete. You're investing a ton, you're Trying to raise a bunch of money to make sure you can train and do everything you have. And then you're just hoping it all culminates in a gold medal, a silver medal, whatever. To not even be able to go and compete is unimaginable. For the vast majority of Olympic athletes,
1: going to the Olympics is a net negative. They, They have invested far more money than they will ever recover. Right. Oh, now that's for sure. not true for Michael Phelps, but your average downhill ski racer, for example, talked to lot about that. He's got a ski racer uh, for right. uh, his sons. Right. A ski
2: racer. It's it's an incredible uh, investment. Oh, Nathan Chen. Remember, Nathan Chen was supposed to be the big star of the Olympics, the the men's figure skater right. who grew up in Salt Lake City didn't perform as well as they expected in 2018 but everyone turned their attention to 2022 as this like redemption story and then if they pull it a week before oh, <laughs> a week That's before alright
1: we'll get you ready for Hanson Scotty G coming up next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone ah!
0: the sports you love the teams you can't live without get a of urgency this is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone powered by kslsports.com ah! It was Labor Day weekend, I was seventeen. I bought a Coke and some gasoline, and I drove out to the county fair.
3: And I saw her for the first time. She was standing there.
2: When was the last time you went to the fair? I love the fair. I do too. That's my son's birthday is mid September, and that's always when yeah. they have it. So I would always use it as an excuse to go to the fair. He's gotten a little older now, so he's not as impressed by the pigs and the sheep. Yeah. And because it's, there might not be a more ripe spot to get coronavirus over the last two years than the Salt Lake County Fair. Man, I like the fair too, though. and I but I'm a been fair for guy. Yeah, let's go. Let's you and me go in September. You're coming. Okay. Miracle Megan's coming. We're going. We're Look. getting we're getting pocket chains. We're getting wallet chains and we're going to go to the fair. That's where you really we're get deep need fried the ice cream or whatever. And the food is so good. Oh, we're going. I did the grossest thing at the fair one time. I really cut my thumb really bad one time putting my son in one of the in one of the rides and didn't realize it and was just walking around Because I was like, oh, I hurt my thumb. I didn't look at it for a while and realized I was just bleeding all over everything that I was. Jeez. (laughs) So, yeah, the fair has all kinds of fluids. You didn't feel it
0: all warm and sticky on your hand?
2: It was like a weird day already. You know, you're at the fair, so you already feel warm and sticky. (laughs) Everything you touch is sticky for some reason. You're not surprised it feels so swampy. But I love me some fair.
1: Uh, Ben, I'm just seeing this and maybe I'm. Maybe I'm late to this news, but did you see that Brian Kelly actually uh, talked about his fake Southern accent? Oh, he he did. So Brian Kelly goes down to LSU a couple of weeks ago, gets introduced. He's at a basketball game, grabs the mic, and somehow sounds like he has a Southern accent all of a sudden. Here's his his explanation during the Texas Bowl uh, where he was on the broadcast. He said, quote, listen. Whether it was dancing or I couldn't get my accent down with family, listen, I'm from Boston. We don't have strong accents. And by the way, you cannot get me on. Dude, wait, uh, he said they're from you Boston. You can't get don't... on me about my accent, unquote. That's he what he said. He they're said they're
2: from Boston. Boston doesn't have strong accents? That's what, <laughs> that's what he said. Okay. What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You know what? Good for that guy. I'm telling you, he cashed out. Guy signed his eight-year, whatever, $80 million deal... He's gonna make as much money as he can. If he gets fired in three years, he's done. He doesn't have to coach ever another day in his life. That guy, that guy rigged the system. That guy fixed it.
1: Can I ask you this though? Why do people and public figures? Because that's who we're talking about, right? Yep. Why do they just assume everybody is the dumbest person on the planet? When the simple explanation, it will go over fine. If you're Brian Kelly, go listen. I got caught up in the moment. I don't know how. You know I what? A southern Say I draw was down and, there. I was I mean, talking Louisiana, to a bunch of yeah.
2: people, and I just don't. I reckon, don't, I didn't recognize. I picked it up. I heard it on the replay. Uh, it's funny, and I'm gonna try not. Not do it again but i might not be able to help. Yeah, it. that see that is a perfectly reasonable because they don't interact with normal people every day. They're is, not is every that what they're it not is? the every man. Like you, you're an every man. Like, you were just on the phone with the car place. You're an every man. You're dealing with the people. It comes back to your white collar but you're not afraid of the blue collar people. <laughs> yeah. It comes
1: back to our president in Michigan who was obviously hammered right. when she was speaking at halftime and then Correct. she comes like oh, the sound system yeah. really affected how I was talking. No it didn't. Nope. You just have to deal with that, uh, wasn't it a politician? Who? What game was she the AG. at? Was the, it was State, the right? Michigan AG who was well, like, you know Michigan what? AG, yeah. I overdid it a little in the tailgate lot. Boy, I don't know how it got there, but I had to get out of there quick. Hopefully you can, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you, you or somebody else has been there before. I, I'm going to try not to. <laughs> it's the sound system.
2: It's the sound of here and here. A little bit of humility will basically erase all your mistakes.
1: Because we're we're all imperfect. We're all we flawed. All we all know how flawed stuff. we are. Yeah, we were talking about this off the air. I think that's why everybody loves Charles Barkley and lets him get away with anything. Correct? Because he's not fake about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I did something stupid. Yeah,
2: I can get on the I can get on the cancel culture part of it. There's no cancel culture. There's people who lack. There's people who make mistakes and lack humility about it. There are people who won't ever admit they've ever done anything wrong, but we really are willing to forgive people for just about anything. But Brian Kelly goes with, I'm from Boston. We don't have accents. What? A little bit of humility goes a long way, Brian. <laughs> You're not going to get fired for having humility. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he's But perfect. they built this whole fake persona, yeah. yes, on being flawless and perfect. All right. Miracle Megan. Scotty's coming up next. Thanks, Miracle.
1: Stay tuned. Double M. Eminem. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Jake and Ben, 97.5 and of The Zone.